The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the Gravity. Everybody who's listening and uh, my compatriots, uh, Ben Hardman and Matt Tebby, uh, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm Ben Welcome, Sturkey. Welcome, everybody. Host. Welcome, guys. Um, glad you are with us uh, today. Um, it is August 18th. This, is, this episode is going to be dropping on August 18th. And I mm-hmm. think by that time, lots of... Kids kind of start school at um, all kinds of different times these days. Yeah, but uh, all of all of my kids started school back on August sixth. Um, Hardman, when are your kids going to school? Are they? Uh, there is no. They're, they're just online school here. Yes. Well, that's. Uh, but they online start well. uh, next. Not this week, but next week. So uh, around the same time this episode will drop is when okay. they start. They start school. school. So, so right. that's an accurate assumption, Ben. Okay. I, All right. I hear there's a little drama around kids going back to school. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of virus, and there's some kind of. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. figured it out. I think everybody's sorting it out with memes on Facebook, though. So I think we're going to be all right. I think that's. <laughs> I think yeah, most of our problems. Start these things that's out. the way. Yeah. No, I. Am I right uh, about that? Yeah. That's how I. That's how I solve all conflict. Is. Yeah. There has been some drama. I was just uh, talking with some folks uh, the other day and um, I, I was real. We're, we're trying to, we're in the midst of um, uh, kind of rejiggering. We've been online for church uh, for quite a while and we're trying to rejigger that. And we are um, right now working on a plan to uh, come back together in small, you know, kind of micro churches and um, that kind of thing. So it's taking a lot of effort and stress and that kind of thing. And I was just telling somebody that I was stressed out about that. And um, they, they just mentioned, like we were talking about kids going back to school and they were like, I'm just glad I'm not a teacher right now or oh, a yeah. school administrator. Yeah. And I just realized, I was like, it's hard to be a pastor right now, but I cannot imagine the yeah. stress of trying to be a teacher or mm-hmm. a school administrator or a, mm-hmm. man, I can't, re- I can't imagine that right now. Yeah. Tons of grace for those folks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. 
yeah, our kids are online until Labor Day, and then then we'll see. I also like the word rejiggered, Ben. I think that should be rejiggered. the name. I think that should be the name of your next book. Rejiggered by Ben Church Stern. Rejiggered. <laughs> Church in the age of COVID. Rejiggered. Uh, uh, I have a that. question. Uh, yes. Can you? Can you? Um, I, I. Do you jigger something in order to rejigger it? Oh yeah, I suppose. Is there like a first part of that? Oh yeah, that's a two-part series. Jiggered yeah. and rejiggered. Well, jiggered is the church. The church we currently have is the jiggered church. <laughs> it is. Well, we've jiggered it, uh, but now we have like to rejigger. Jiggered it. messing it up, or is jiggered? I think jiggered just means you feel like you state. did something. That's you the built verb. Something. That's the verb form. But I've heard it used as a so noun. Did the early church jigger the church? Like, is that Acts two? Are they jiggering at that point, or are they I rejiggering? Think they are. No, I think they're jiggering. This is like, what is See, this? These oh, are the debates the that you could get into, Sternkey. Yeah. This is gold. Yeah. We need memes on Facebook for this. I anyway. Is, I know there's a, a song. Uh, there's a song out there called "Moves Like Jigger," and I wonder if there's a song <laughs> called "Move <laughs> yeah. Moves Like Rejigger." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's. I think you've heard that correctly. Oh, heard that song. <laughs> All right, Move. let's get into this episode. Moves like Jigger. Yes. So, friends, we're not talking about school starting. Uh, we're talking about Scott uh, Saul's book. Uh, we're going to get into this interview in just a second. I, I conducted this interview uh, with Scott Saul's, and he has a, a book out called A Gentle Answer, Our Secret Weapon in an Age of Us Against Them. Mm. Uh, just came out in June. That's a good title. And um, it, yeah, it is a good title, and it's a good book for our time, uh, especially this election year. You know, you mentioned Facebook, <laughs> Hardman, um, which is where a lot of a lot of what we see, just you know, polarization, like all the stuff that people are seeing. Um, the age of us against them, sort of to be righteous is to be on the right team and to yeah. cancel people and all of that kind of thing. And, um, and Scott Scott's written a good book about um, what does it mean to have a gentle answer. Um, and we talk we talk in this interview like how is that different from just sort of. Um, Passivity. You know, sort of like, yeah, passivity or just I'm going to stay above the debate. I'm not even going to talk about mm-hmm. it. We're not going to, you know, we're just going to preach the gospel in quotes. Like how, how is, how is having a gentle answer? How is it different from those things? Because I think sometimes those feel like our options. We either have yeah, to pick a side and start throwing rocks or we're like, we, we, we have to sort of invoke white privilege and just say, well, I'm not part of this debate. I'm just going to uh, not participate in it. Um, so it's a good book and he, and he really deals, I think really well with, um, how those are, that's not, those aren't our only two choices. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's a good book. Uh, I'm eager for you guys to hear this interview. Um, it also, we could preview maybe in a, in a couple weeks, we could say this, that we are going to, I'm looking at our calendar here. We are going to start a series, um, at the beginning of September, September 8th, we start a series called, uh, being a Christian in America. Um, because I, <laughs> I think it used to be sort of, um, hmm. I'm excited about the series. We've got a lot of great interviews uh, with folks lined up for that. Um, David Swanson, Alan Noble, DL Mayfield, Jonathan Wilson, Hartgrove, etc. Um, and I'm excited about that, uh, series because I think it used to be like being a Christian in America, you know, a while back, I don't know how many years back it was almost like, well, duh, like that's what Americans are. <laughs> Americans are Christians, you know, like. Being a Christian in America is duh. And I think uh, this our cultural moment the last four or five years has sort of brought to the, it's been an apocalypse where it's brought to the surface all of this, uh, all of our syncretism, basically, all the ways that we've kind of adopted the American dream and thought that was Christianity 
And now we have to do all this sifting and sorting. And it's, it's actually, I think it's really hard to be a Christian in America right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least one who's taking Jesus seriously and wanting to follow Jesus because um, the options that are out there for what it actually, what it used to mean to be a Christian in America, uh, there's not a comfortable place to sit anymore Yeah, in that, in that way. So anyway, That's I'm eager good. for that series to get started. Me too. Um, a lot of those folks have some really uh, helpful and important things to say to us. So yeah, the, the, maybe there'd be some rejiggering. Yep. Yeah, we could uh, maybe resolve it as a result yes. of that. We should rename. We'll, okay. By the time it comes out, we're going to rename the series rejiggering Christianity's relationship to America. How's that guys? The uh, word rejigger kind of gives me the creeps. I don't know what it is. Yeah, about. It's, it's not That's it's, interesting. Yeah. It's not good. I don't know. It's not good. All right. It's not right. the best word. But what is right. good is this interview with Scott Sauls. Uh, yes. yes. Let's get into it, folks. Here, here it is. Here we go. Scott, uh, let's let Scott talk for a little bit. <laughs> We've used up our time. Scott Sauls, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Thanks, Ben. It's good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott, you've uh, why, don't, why don't you, for those who may not be familiar uh, uh, with you, uh, just give our audience a little introduction: who you are, what you spend your time doing, um, where you where you live, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So, uh, I uh, I'm a pastor in Nashville, Tennessee. I mm. lead a multi-site church called Christ Presbyterian Church. And we've got a, a team of pastors uh, that, that oversee those different congregations, but we're sort of spread out through the city. And i uh, been here for about eight years, came to Nashville by way of New York City, uh, where I was uh, on the pastoral team at Redeemer Presbyterian as a oh, congregational yeah. and lead pastor in New York. And then before then, we planted a couple of churches in the Midwest. But uh, <laughs> I'm almost 25 years married. We've got two daughters. Uh, both are uh, are um, being forced into a homeschool situation for their senior, <laughs> senior year of high school and college. So, oh, um, so yeah, it's a kind of a bummer for, for them both to finish that way. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, first world problem. At least they get to have an education and and yeah. all of that. But uh, anyway, that's our that's that's our situation in a nutshell. Yeah. That is a bummer. Um, I, I've got our our uh, I've got two in high school, one in college, and one who's uh, launched. And um, anyway, the 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 kids who are still in school are all hanging out. Um, they're just in the other room. You know, we we spend all day together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Typically, which uh, which I kind of like, but um, thankfully none of them are in a senior year of anything, so that's too mm-hmm. bad that they've got to uh, adjust plans uh, as we all have had to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Scott, we're we're talking here about your book, um, a gentle answer, mm. and uh, let me get the subtitle right here: our secret weapon in an age of us against them. Um, maybe uh, just, I'd love to know why, uh, why write a book about gentleness? Um, what, what is it that brought, uh, brought this book about for you? Like why, why did you feel the need to, to write a book about gentleness? Uh, it was compelled, Ben, by uh, an observation that I think all of us have had in mm. 
recent years of the climate that we're in that is characteristically on any given day hostile, (laughs) you know, you're, 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 you're seeing us against them everywhere. Uh, you turn and, uh, you know, even now in the middle of this, um, pandemic situation, which may be, you know, developed in a, in a, a better or worse direction by the time this, this recording releases. Um, but right now we're, we're dealing with all kinds of divergent opinions and people shouting each other down and canceling each other. And, um, you know, social media engagement, I think increases anxiety. It's what, uh, the New York times, uh, writer, uh, Tim Kreider, calls outrage porn uh there's a <laughs> just a, a real appetite a, a lust yeah, yeah. for uh picking sides uh tribalizing uh yes. forming community around a common enemy and that sort of thing and mm. i'm personally tired of that and uh i'm also concerned that mm. that posture has weaved it's or it's woven its way into Christian community, which, which I'm part of obviously as a pastor. And, yeah. and so I've just been compelled by the proverb where it talks about how a gentle answer turns away wrath. And, and I'm also really intrigued by what, what I guess you could call the Mr. Rogers uh, dynamic, you know, Mr. Right. Rogers is he's back, you know, uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's popular. He's like an American saint. People he is. He is, you know, this, this nerdy sweetheart of a guy who Mm -hmm. poured his life into children. Um, but I think that, I think that's telling, I think his, I think the fact that there's been a documentary and a blockbuster, you know, Hollywood film about him and his life, uh, and just how drawn everybody is, 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 is a, a, maybe a data point of, of how there's a longing for something different. But I, I actually think, especially coming into what's, bound to be a hostile election cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an opportunity for the Christian witness to either be uh, made or broken. Uh, and yeah. uh, I think our greatest opportunity is, is not logicking, you know, logicking people into belief, but, but demonstrating what Madeline Lingle called a light. So lovely. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we don't, <laughs> we don't win people over by shouting them down, but, but by showing them a light that's so lovely. Uh, that they can't help but wonder okay. about the source of it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I I totally resonate with that. I, um, you know, obviously have uh, seen a, a lot of a lot of books released and a lot of uh, talk about um, us against them, the increasing polarization, tribalization. You know, a lot of words that were uh, that have been used around that. Um, I'm I'm curious, um, Scott, what. Like, what do you think accounts for that? Like, that is a phenomenon, I think, you know, that uh, is that we're seeing happening. But like, what what's going on, do you think? Why why now? Like, why is this uh, sort of seem to be increasing? Why are we seeing this stuff kind of come to the surface right now? Uh, you know, I, I've asked myself that question. I'm, I'm certainly not a sociologist, but I, mm-hmm. but I wonder if part of it is that nothing's different. Mm. Uh, except that we have more access to each other's outrage uh, because of the online medium. And um, so I, but, but, you know, it traces all the way back to the garden of Eden. 
the sure. natural the yeah. natural religion of the fallen human heart is self-righteousness where mm. you know, like it says in luke 18 uh, we trust in ourselves that we're righteous and look down on mm. others with contempt and mm-hmm. and that's just the way that that's the direction the human heart tends to gravitate uh, yeah. when it's not in a, a redeemed <laughs> and sanctified yeah. place. That's our default. Yeah. We kind of look for our justification in our rightness, our correctness. Mm-hmm. We kind of take uh, status, like it's a status thing for us of like, I'm, I'm part of the right group. We're doing the right stuff. I think that's that, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we can only know that over and against uh, the people who are doing it wrong. Right. Essentially. Yeah. 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 I've wondered about that too. Like I've wondered if the immediacy of social media where it's like, it doesn't take me any time at all to have an emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. And seconds later I can post my raw unfiltered emotional reaction on social media. And then other people can read that and seconds later post their reaction to my reaction. Right. You know what I mean? And like it just, it never, communication never used to be that quick. Yeah, at least kind of written social communication. It used to be, you know, I'd have to take the time to write a letter to the editor, you know, yeah. and then it would get published the week after. And probably most people who read the story wouldn't read the letter to the editor. You know what I mean? Like there was this, yeah. I don't know, there was just some length of time. I've sometimes wondered if that is uh, ample. Like you said, it's not a new problem, but it amplifies the issue um, mm-hmm. and and creates this feedback loop where you know, we're, yeah. we're just sort of reacting to each other's reactions without ever yeah. taking any time to just, you know, just cool off even. Yeah. And I, 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 I wonder too, if part of it is that, you know, just where we are as a, as a Western culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the whole wokeness thing. Um, and, and I, mm-hmm. I think there's a, I think there's a, a lot of positive that, that comes from sort of the, the wokeness movement and, you know, me too. And, you know, calling out racism and classism and those sorts of things. Um, but when, when being awakened to the prophetic impulse, which I think is what that is, I mean, mm-hmm. and I think it's a very yeah. Christian godlike thing to do to call out what's wrong. Uh, yeah. um, but, but, but I think that, that, you know, the, the healthy form of, you know, wokeness, for lack of a better word, is you call it out uh, for the sake of healing, like a surgeon does with a scalpel, a surgeon cuts right. in order to heal and in order to mend. Yeah. But then the toxic form of, of wokeness um, is, you know, you, you come not with a scalpel, but with a dagger. And, and the motivation is, is to put somebody down and to mm. cancel them, to shout them out and shout them down. Yeah. Uh, and, and shame and take their dignity away from them rather than yeah. than seek to restore the dignity of the person. And, you know, the Nathan to David thing, it was, it was a pretty fierce confrontation. Right. But, mm-hmm. but look where it led. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a, they had a friendship, they had a trust between them where David was positioned to receive a very hard word, um, mm-hmm. you know, from a guy who put his own neck on the line uh, to confront <laughs> a, you know, an abusive King. And, yeah. and, um, I just don't know if the relationships exist like, like that, um, where, where a, a hard word can, can be received anymore because it feels so threatening, uh, anymore in the absence of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. The, the relational part of it. And that, I mean, that brings up, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, um, about this book, uh, because the, you know, the word gentleness, 
Um, well, first of all, uh, I was reminded as I was uh, looking through this book and kind of reading um, uh, reading through what you had written, I was reminded of Dallas Willard. I'm a, I'm a he he was extremely influential in my life personally mm-hmm. and and for Gravity, like uh, the way that we train people and all that kind of thing. He um, he looms large. Uh, on every page of you know the content that we write and that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, I won. I just wondered if he was an influence for you, um, or uh, if that just happens to be a connection that I'm making because he was an influence for me. Yeah, you know, uh, Dallas Willard has certainly um, been on my radar and reading list for years. Mm-hmm. But you know, my I would say my primary influence uh, from modern thought leaders would be Tim Keller, mm-hmm. um, you know, both from, you know, a distance and up close uh, sure. for several years, but, and, and Tim embodies, you know, this, this spirit, um, in, in, uh, wonderful ways. I mean, he's, he's very, um, remarkable in the way that he handles criticism, for instance, uh, both private criticism and public criticism. He, he's mm. just remarkable uh, in terms of just not being a person who retaliates or strikes back or or panics and gets defensive. I mean, he's a very deeply formed, spiritually formed man uh, who's mm. able to navigate that. But I, I would say Eugene Peterson is, mm. a, is a very significant uh, um uh, person for me tonally. Uh, if, okay. if, if I could grow up and be like somebody, it would be, it would be oh, Eugene. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's just a, a tenderness there. You know, he's able to say, um, you know, sometimes you know, very prophetic things, but, yes. but in a way that you, you just, it makes you want to be a better human because yeah. of the way that he says it, you know? Yeah, and and sure. so I would say probably him. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I just, I was just curious about that. Um, yeah. So, uh, so going back to what you said about wokeness, um, that kind of a thing, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit of the contours of what you mean by gentleness. You mentioned, you know, when you were talking about uh, Tim Keller, you were talking about his, uh, he didn't retaliate when people criticism. There's a, there's a lack of um, defensiveness, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit about, like, what do you mean when you say gentleness? Because I think there is a there's a picture that looms large sometimes in our minds, in our Western, you know, c- culture, that gentleness is, uh, it's not strong enough to get the job done. It's mm. not strong enough for justice. Like it's not, it's not, it's not what we need. That it's basically just niceness. It's avoiding conflict. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, 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 there's no teeth to it. So I'd love to hear you talk about what you mean, because I know that's probably not what you mean by gentleness, but mm-hmm. I think that's what oftentimes people hear. Yeah. So how how is gentleness different from niceness? How is it different from just sort of avoiding conflict? How yeah. is it different from smoothing over injustice? Can you say a couple of things about that? Yeah, I think that's part of why the publisher put the word weapon in the subtitle <laughs> um, to sort of Make offset. Sure we understand what this is. To offset yeah. the mischaracterization of true gentleness or, or mm. what the Bible calls meekness. Um, you know, Christ is meek and humble in heart, right? Um, yeah. He's gentle and humble in heart, and yet he's also a lion, uh, you know, mm-hmm. who will come to judge the quick and the dead, right? And right. and so, you know, back to to Mister Rogers, I think he's a yeah, he's a great example. What made him uh, what he became? You know, his three favorite words were "I like you," <laughs> right? And, and like right. every episode, "I like you." You know, he'd look mm-hmm. in the camera at the kids on the other side of it, 
And what motivated him, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize this about him and probably be surprised by it. What motivated his, uh, his meekness was anger. Mm. Um, he, he, you know, he was bullied as a kid. Um, he, he was heavy set, uh, kids, you know, his peers called him fat Fred. That was his nickname. And he was, he was mercilessly ridiculed for his body type growing up and excluded and, and, um, you know, made fun of. And, and he, so he, he grew up with that wound and, and that wound also developed over time as he started to work with children into anger because he noticed that children were in his estimation, the most overlooked uh, population in the human community in mm. terms of, of their dignity, in terms of their voice, in terms of what they can teach us. Um, and I think, you know, as a, as Presbyterian minister, he was also, you know, tuned in to Jesus's teaching about what, what, what yeah. children teach us about life in the kingdom. And so, mm. So, you know, he, his, his positive, you know, demeanor and his kind and tender demeanor was actually compelled and motivated by a prophetic impulse that saw wrong in the world and wanted it, wanted to be part of the solution. And, mm. and, you know, the, I mean, the, even the chapter titles uh, in the book to your question about how it relates to how I'm talking about gentleness. I, I spend three chapters talking about receiving the gentleness of Christ yeah. uh, toward us, uh, the sinner in us, the Pharisee in us, the, c- the cynic in us. And then the, the, uh, the last five chapters, uh, the titles are, we grow thicker skin, we do anger well, re- we receive criticism graciously, we forgive all the way, and we bless our own betrayers. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's not for the faint of heart. It's not a wimpy, <laughs> it's not a wimpy sissy thing. Like, yeah. you know, you look at Christ on the cross and, and, and his act of submission. I, I don't know which act took greater power, the resurrection or the crucifixion from Christ. Mm-hmm. Because just imagine mm-hmm. how much internal uh, strength it took for, for Christ to, to be filleted uh, yeah. like he was on the cross is the perfect God man, mm-hmm. you know, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see hail the incarnate deity. And, um, you know, to pray father, forgive them for they know not what, what they do to say to a thief who just a couple of minutes ago was mocking him today. You're going to mm-hmm. be with me in paradise to call Judas friend, uh, as Judas is in the act of betraying him. You know, it, it, there's this internal thing that that's gutsy. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it takes great strength. Yeah. to be a meek person. Uh, yeah. The wimps are the bullies. The bullies, this is the irony of it. The, the more of a bully you are, the more of a wimp you are. Mm. Um, and and Because you have no self-control. Uh, you can't even control yourself, uh, let alone yeah. your situation. And and yet the, the, those who come with a with a healthy form of tenderness, not, not a sweep things under the rug, be codependent and dysfunctional, um, but, you know, but, but, to, 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 to approach um, human beings um, in, in all their complexity uh, yeah. with a mixture of lion and lamb. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. 
In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. I remember, going back to Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, I remember, uh, I think I saw some, I think it was he was testifying in front of Congress to get funding for public broadcasting because that was kind of how he was going to get funding for his show. Yeah. And he was talking about, he was talking about how important uh, the show was, talking about how important it was to get funding for this. And this is something we need to spend money on. And I remember being struck by his fierceness. Um, he wasn't raging. He wasn't like, flying off the handle, but there was yeah. a strong, like moving yeah. prophetic energy yes. in his appeal for funding. Like, yeah. We like, we need this. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a very matter just, of fact. Oh yeah. Very yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember, I remember that. I, and that's, um, I'm also remembering those two movies you mentioned too. Like, I think one of them ends the one where Tom Hanks plays, um, plays him. Uh, I think it ends with him like playing the piano and right at the end of his piano playing, he just bangs on the keys, which is something he referred to earlier as like something he does when he feels angry. Mm. Um, and so anyway, so I, I, I'm just struck by that, Scott, that, um, it's not an avoidant gentleness is not an avoidance of feeling your anger. Yeah. Nor is it a submitting to the impulses that your anger like uh creates in you right yeah so flying off the handle and raging yeah and stuffing it and numbing mm-hmm. are two sides of the same coin yeah 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 c.s lewis uh has this amazing paragraph that starts with the statement christianity is a fighting religion mm-hmm. uh, and he talks about how you know the the christ impulse will lead us to notice what's Mm. wrong in the world, get upset about it. Yes. And then become activists to, Mm -hmm. um, to bring redemption and renewal. And, you know, you look, you look at the, the various movements over the course of time and history of, of mercy and justice. And, and it doesn't take long to discover that, uh, organized orphan care uh, was a Christian initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, abolition, uh, both yeah. both in England and you know in the states, was were Christian were Christian initiatives, Christian led initiatives. Every Ivy League university except for one was founded by Christian ministers and lay people uh, due to a lack of education. Uh, it's the problem that was noticed there. Um, you know, scientific advancement. You know, you've got you've got some major players, uh, in, you know, in the realm of 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 science and and um, you know healthcare. Mm-hmm. Christians invented the concept of the hospital, um, and go on and on and on. You know, and that's not yeah. to say that only Christians make these kinds of contributions. Not sure. at all. Um, sure. Some wonderful contributions made by people who don't identify with Christ, but but um, but that impulse is characteristic. Um, yeah all over the world and always has been yeah. uh, to yeah, right so the wrong. 
Yeah, to right the wrong. So I'm I'm hearing you say this isn't this isn't a um, pushing aside of the prophetic impulse to change unjust systems. Gentleness right. is not. Uh, it, it basically, you can't use gentleness, at least biblical gentleness, Christian gentleness. You can't use that as to basically tell a marginalized person, uh, "You're you're too angry. You need to be gentle, That's or right. you need to wait." You know, this is what they told Martin Luther King: the whole like, just wait. Like, just be patient, right. like, wait for the system to change. Yeah. But it was his, you know, his anger that motivated him. But it was a gentle, there was a gentleness about the way that he went about things, right? That was, that was still very prophetically insistent that, yeah. no, we have to change things now. And I'm, you know, we're going to organize right. and we're going to protest and, mm-hmm. we, you know, we need to do these things. But that's not, that's not different from gentleness. Yeah. Yeah. King is a great example. Uh, he was forceful and never mm-hmm. stopped being forceful mm-hmm. with, with the message. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, if your listeners haven't had a chance to read his letter from a Birmingham jail, yeah. uh, download it. It's available online. Yeah. You can, you can Google it. It's there. Um, it, it's worth sitting in. Uh, but you see, you see in that masterpiece uh, the combination of of respect uh, yeah. toward those he's writing to, and and also um, prophetic disappointment. You know, uh, <laughs> yes. you, you know, you you tell me in private that you're on my side and you're with me and you're for the cause, but you won't put your neck on the line by going yeah. public with it. And I, yeah. I need, and he's speaking especially to white ministers. That's right. He says, you know, you become complicit in the oppression if you don't speak out against it publicly mm. and put yourself at risk. And yeah. and so, but his whole philosophy was, uh, you know, I think it was called, uh, you know, nonviolent resistance or, or mm-hmm. you know, peaceful protest. Yeah. And, you know, the protest is there. Uh, the lack of retaliation is also yeah. there, you know, yes. to, like it says in. Peter and entrust yourself to the one who judges justly. Yes. Uh, and you know, yeah. and yet speak out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little while ago we had Ron Sider. Uh, do you know who that is on, on the program? Yeah. And he, he wrote this great little book that has just like stories. Cause that, 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 that it reminds me of basically a lot of the, uh, I guess it reminds me a lot of the, the pushback that people give against, something like uh, nonviolent resistance, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, as not being strong enough. It's the same kind of thing that I think gentleness, you know, in air quotes, re- receives yeah. as like, oh, that's not, that's not what we need to make, thing, to make change happen. Right. Um, and I think oftentimes nonviolent resistance gets the same bad rap, but he's got story after story. We did a podcast with him earlier. Um, he's got story after story about how it actually works mm-hmm. and how it is fierce and it's prophetic and it's strong. Mm-hmm. And it actually takes more strength in those moments to remain nonviolent mm-hmm. and yet, you know, there like protesting, but not retaliating, yeah. um, I think is a great way of putting it. So, yeah. um, well, uh, uh, Scott, I, uh, I have a confession to make. So is this a safe place? Is this, no, <laughs> it's no, your I, podcast. You I know. Yeah. Delete it out if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, my, uh, my confession is this. I find it difficult to be involved in social media uh, and sort of in a gentle way. So here, here's what I mean by that. I see, I follow enough people that are part of marginalized groups, people who are experiencing injustice, you know, um, that... I see things that make me angry. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I get upset when I read social media and, uh, it, it's, I think the two responses that are easiest for me as a white man, one is just to fire off an angry tweet, you know, uh, retweet it, you know, have a hot take about it. Um, be sarcastic. It's easy for me to get cynical and sort of just like voice my opinion cynically like that. And the other thing, the other thing, and then when I don't like that enough, I don't like being cynical. Mm. <laughs> I have a, t- I have a propensity for it. I don't like it. Mm. Um, when that sort of rears its ugly head and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to be this person. The only other alternative sometimes I can see is just, I'm just going to get away from it. I don't want to see the ugliness. So I don't get angry and I don't, you know, become mm-hmm. a, become a cynic. Do you have any advice for me <laughs> and maybe for uh, other people like me who find it who find that they do have a, a strong prophetic bent. They, they, they want to see justice done, mm-hmm. um, but they, they, they don't know what to do with all the angst they feel about it, you know, yeah. besides numb it, you know, tell it yeah. to go away. Don't look at the things that make you angry. Or the other alternative is, you know, they just become like a cynic. Yeah. I don't know. How, how, how would you take a step into gentleness if you were me? I mean... I'm I'm not an expert practitioner by mm-hmm. any stretch. I think everybody struggles, but I think first to recognize that anger is not always a bad emotion. Mm. Uh, anger is is an emotion when it's healthy that recognizes that something's not right. Yes, and yeah. it's it's actually a godlike thing to have it. You know, Jesus. I don't know why our English translations are also sanitized about the Lazarus <laughs> event, but but it, yeah. it, it's it you know the 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 tr- the true pure language was that Jesus was pissed off. Uh, yeah. He was he was angry as a as a raging bull at death. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why we've cleaned that up in our English translations. Deeply moved in spirit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's that's you know that's to your one point. Way to put it. uh, yeah. It's a <laughs> with all due respect to the English translators for whom I'm so thankful. Um, I, I think that's a, a really unfortunate take yeah, on, yeah. on a very clear, explicit Greek word. Yeah. Um, okay. They do it in Philippians with some of Paul's choice language as well. But uh, <laughs> Paul got Martin Luther on us in Philippians at one spot, but, but uh, yes, um, I think to recognize first that anger is a good emotion, it's actually commanded. It's mm. an imperative in scripture in the Psalms and Ephesians, be angry and yeah. sin not. It doesn't mm. say in your anger, don't sin. It says be angry and sin not. And mm. so, so there's a form of anger that can be a, um, anger is always a destructive energy, but when you're destroying evil, that's a good thing. When you're destroying yeah. injustice, that's a good thing. Mm. Um, but where we've got to be careful is, you know, the, the dance. You've got to have lamb and lion together. Because mm. uh, as soon as you remove the lion, you've got a codependent enabler. As soon as you move mm. the, remove the lamb, you've got a bully. And mm. last I checked, I, 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 I still don't know anybody who has been persuasively scolded into a position. Uh, you know, or had their, their minds or hearts changed by being persuasively scolded, um, and shouted down and canceled and shamed. Uh, and so, um, I I would say if you feel like, you know, what you want to say publicly is, 
motivated at least in part by cynicism or rage, which is a toxic form of anger. Yeah. Then I would say sit on it for 24 hours and ask somebody's opinion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, what should I yeah. do with this? Nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. To, yeah. To that, to, to have the self control to not be so immediate with wanting to get our feelings out there, um, is we can end up doing things we regret and saying things yeah. we regret to do. Yeah. I I uh, appreciate that. I think that's helpful. For me, at, like part of my personality makeup is that I do tend to repress negative emotions. Like if I feel them come up, and especially anger, if I feel them come up. That's a Enneagram one thing. If you're into the Enneagram, if you know anything about that, mm-hmm. I, we talk about it a lot on the podcast. Yeah. But, but you know, I would tend to repress my anger, and so just knowing it's okay to feel this. Like I, that's a big work in my life. Is like feel your feelings. They're okay for you. They're yours. You can feel them. Mm-hmm. Go ahead you know, feel the feelings, especially of anger and especially to know that, Hey, there's a reason that it feels bad. It's because something is bad. Yeah. You know, some, something is bad. And so, um, so that's really helpful. Um, and I, I just recently, Scott listened to a podcast, um, where somebody was talking about praying the Psalms and they were talking about how the Psalms are sort of filled with these expressions of people at the end of their rope, people, uh, who are, you know, about to die, people who are, and sometimes people who are very deeply angry Mm -hmm. about, you know, my enemies who are pursuing me and, you know, these people, this unjust thing that's happened to me. Um, And, and for me, part of, part of what's been helpful for me as well is to know that like one of the ways I can go ahead and feel that anger without turning it into a toxic, you know, shout fest with somebody on the internet or, Mm -hmm. you know, or in my family with, you know, the people that I live with is to uh is to like vent to the lord in a sense like just to like hmm. to bring my complaint to him the psalms seem to support that <laughs> for sure Good. all right Good. The whole range of human Confirmed. emotion the book of job i mean oh yeah you, you you read certain sections of job and you're like can you say that to god and then yeah. and at the yeah. end you know you get the lord yeah. coming into job and mm-hmm. saying First of all, who do you think you are? You know, I spoke everything into existence and who are you mm-hmm. to challenge me? But then then he turns to Job's critics and yeah. says, my servant Job has spoken rightly. And so, yeah. so there's something in there about yeah. the gutsy, yeah. yes. let it all out. You know, God's not yeah. threatened by yeah. our emotive honesty. He's not yeah. threatened by it and... Redeem, he redeems it well, but yeah. you know, the Psalms seem to give a pretty strong case for yeah for what you're talking about. Yeah, one of my friends uh, uh, put it this way. He was in a sermon uh, that he preached one time about the Psalms. He said that the Psalms are sort of like you fill out a complaint form and you put it on God's desk, mm-hmm. but then like you leave it on God's desk and you say, "Lord, I trust you to do what is righteous and just here." Yeah. Um, yeah. Here, I have some ideas about what you can do to my enemies. I've written these down. <laughs> Here's Dash their idea. children's head right. on a rock. <laughs> right. Psalm 137. Yeah. Here yeah. you go. Here's some ideas. Yeah. But in praying the Psalms, what you're doing is entrusting that anger like to the Lord. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's great because I think then we're what we're doing is we're taking our anger to the Lord. We are interacting with him about it, and we're allowing space for him to transform it into, you know, gentle prophetic action. Something that something that will, um, yeah, move the needle on, yeah. on justice and you know that kind of a thing. So yeah, 
Yeah. Well said. Well, good. I, I've appreciated this, uh, this interview. Um, it, it's made me, uh, yeah, that's just made me appreciate, uh, I guess some of, some of the things that, um, that I've appreciated in the past. I mentioned Willard, um, and he talked a lot about gentleness. Uh, and I was just thinking about how I met, I met him a few times and I was just thinking about much like you were talking about, um, uh, Tim Keller, that when he receives criticism, both, you know, publicly and privately, he's, he's become this kind of exemplar or this model for you of gentleness. Um, I was just thinking about how Willard, um, in all of my interactions with him, he was never sarcastic. He was never cynical. Um, there was a gentleness uh, about him, but, but it was very, very uh, fierce and prophetic as well. Mm. And so mm-hmm. anyway, I'm grateful. Uh, that we could reminisce uh, a little bit about that and ruminate on uh, gentleness. Um, Scott, if people want to get in touch with you, obviously we'll put a link to the book in the show Mm -hmm. notes, but if people want to get in touch with you, reach out, uh, talk, um, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Website, scottsalls.com. All my stuff is there, including links to the church for people who are in Nashville and don't already have a church, uh, or if you're swinging through town and would like to visit us, but you know, information about my books and weekly blog and stuff like that, uh, is all there uh, as well. So they can start there and also Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the usual suspects. I'm out there. All the usual suspects. Just Mm -hmm. search for Scott souls. All right. All right, Scott, thanks so much. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks, Ben. Blessings. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.